Here it is. Internet and social media is on fire yet again for somebody freely choosing to do something. It is really baffling to me. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start there this week. It is a FritzCast Fritz Forward. It's going to be a short episode, but let's get to it. FritzCast Fritz Forward. If you're new to the show or it's your first time tuning in, you know, periodically I get switched up and put on 8 to 4, and the normally 40, 50 minute long podcast gets condensed into about 20 or 30 minutes uh, just to accommodate for the schedule, the fact that I still have miles and miles of homework to do, and all that good jazz. And that is, that's what I'm on this week again. Yes, uh, two weeks, 8 to 4, field training officer. So I have two weeks ahead of me uh, booked full of classes on teaching the restraint chair. It is that same restraint chair you might have read up on. I don't know. I don't like to assume what people know and don't know. But essentially the restraint chair is like is, is almost like the same vein as four-point medical restraints. So you have a really hostile inmate. You put him in the chair. You have him chill. You have him cool down. Our policy is written up really strict to the T of how we can use it and how long it can be used and how often medical and mental health has to evaluate the individual because this chair has a lot of controversy attached to it. Or so it would seem, uh, probably from improper use or abuse. But that's neither here nor there. I don't want to really talk about that. That's what I'm doing for the next two weeks. And I was I, today was exciting because I got to I got to strap my buddy into the chair and he got to try to fight his way out of it, which you you really can't do. You can't do it, and you look like a big doof doing it. Congratulations! And he volunteered to do it. Anywho, so I got that. Uh, I'm off Friday and I'm off Monday on Labor Day, so it'll be an unprecedented four day weekend for this goofy mofo named me going to be great. Friday, hitting up a water park in Wildwood, Wildwood, New Jersey, with uh, my wife and our buddies. So we're going to do that. Saturday, I think I'm going to a Delaware beer festival thing where I'll get to try out several varieties of beer. It'll be fun because I'll have off on the weekend on the evening time. It'll be so, it'll be so out of place. I won't even know what to do with myself. It'll be crazy. And it's good because 4 to 12 after, you know, it's been like four years now, 4 to 12 starting to eat away at my soul. And, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, it's a, my soul is a precious commodity to me, at least anyway, and I would like to get some of that back. So it's nice having a break like this. Maybe it can become something permanent. I don't know. In any case, my degree is done in, in a year. And I'm going to take that degree and just, I'm going to just, you know, freaking fly with it. I'm going to parachute with it, skydive, if I have money at all. I have to get money for all that stuff first. But that's that's beside the point. The the number one thing I want to open up with today on today's show, and I don't know why this happens. So this happens so often. America becomes enraged by, by the act that somebody chooses to not do. This is mind-boggling to me. I don't get it. All right, I get national pride. I get respecting the national anthem. I get uh, put, placing your hand over the heart during the Pledge of Allegiance. 
uh, during the national anthem. I get all that. And here's the thing. What happens uh, over the course of this past week? Uh, NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick from the San Francisco 49ers doesn't stand uh, for the national anthem. Says he's doing it because it's a flag in a country that oppresses black people. Well, we can argue with Colin about that all we want. We can. And that's perfectly fine. We can also argue with Colin Kaepernick about his quarterbacking skills and ability because they suck. By the way, have fun with Chip Kelly, buddy. We, as the Eagles, had a lot of fun with him. But America, please, where's the outrage coming from? Okay, he didn't stand during the national anthem. Who the hell cares? Seriously. And everybody's bringing up the amount of money that he makes. And I I understand. NFL, all NFL players. NFL players on the bench. Practice squad NFL players. Make ridiculous amounts of money. Ridiculous. Ridiculous amounts of money. They make millions and millions and millions. And these are the same people criticizing these guys for making millions of dollars for doing, quote, nothing. They're arguing against these guys that make millions of dollars. They're the same type that say you should be able to to work your way up and make as much money as you want. Unless you're making more than me. Here's, Here's the thing, people. You have First Amendment constitutional rights. Freedom of speech. You don't want to stand during the national anthem. That's fine. It might make you a douchebag. It it might make you a douchebag. It might make you a disrespectful little shit. I, I don't know. But honestly, this is what we're going to argue about, people? How many problems are there in America right now? And you're arguing about Colin Kaepernick and, and, and his millions of dollars and the fact that he didn't stand up during the national anthem. That's what that that's what you want to lose your shit over? That's it? That's the big thing that you want to get angry about. Ooh, that Colin Kaepernick, he offended me so hard. He offended me so hard when he didn't stand up for the national anthem and then said he didn't do it because he doesn't believe in supporting it. I mean, really people, really. How offended How much of a pansy are you if you get offended by that? Somebody doesn't say the Pledge of Allegiance. What the hell do you care? Really, what the hell do you care? Is it really worth the aggravation? Is it really worth what you're going to put out there? I mean, seriously. Seriously. You want to talk about grow up? Grow up. So, essentially, what you people are saying is you'd rather have somebody half-heartedly standing there because of the visual of it. That would make you feel better. I I don't I don't care. Okay, I happen to I happen to be a very in my book patriotic person. I know the history of this country. There's historical figures that are inspirations to me from this country. I still think this country is one of the best countries on the face of the earth. But that doesn't mean that we're freaking perfect people, and it doesn't mean that we're always right either. It really doesn't. And we live in a land where you don't get to control people on that level. You don't get to make him stand up during the national anthem. You don't get to make somebody put their hand over their heart for the national anthem. You don't get to make somebody recite the Pledge of Allegiance. You don't. That's not. That's contradictory to freedom. 
That's contradictory to the subject, to, to the whole purpose of this nation. But that's what we want to get offended about. I mean, come on, people. Your your top presidential candidates are Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. But let's argue about Colin Kaepernick and how he didn't stand up during the uh, national anthem. Let's talk about it. There's already a, a Philadelphia Eagles rookie linebacker saying that he's not going to do it uh, at the next preseason game for the Eagles. You can you can think that they're stupid for doing it. You can think that they're dumb for doing it. You can think that they're disrespectful for doing it. But aside from that, I mean, it is so petty that you would be driven to to flocking to Facebook and Twitter and posting about how it enraged you and how offensive it was. Do you, do you not understand the concept of freedom? Do you not understand that he is well within his rights and that it's not a personal attack on you at all? Like, you don't have to take it personally. You don't have to take every little thing that happens in life personally. I don't know. Maybe I'm just ranting because I've seen so many Facebook posts, so many tweets, and I've actually scaled back. I haven't been on social media a lot in the past couple of days uh, just because w- w- what's there to see? Everybody's bitching about the same thing, essentially. So I've stayed in my peace on that. I, I, I'm sure we could go on ranting. I'm sure we could go on and bring up other cases uh, of freedom of speech instances and all that. But, I mean, if you're going to get enraged by, by the man, maybe you shouldn't get enraged over him just, you know, being... An American citizen. It's it's aggravating that that would be top page news, and it was. It was top trending social media drivel that filled the airwaves when you could have, I don't know, been looking at something far more important. So over the past week... uh, John Stossel had a libertarian down uh, down hall. He had a libertarian down hall, town hall, on Fox Business. Uh, John Stossel given uh, plenty, plenty of airtime to the libertarian folk. I wonder if it's because he's libertarian. I don't know, but uh, I haven't had a, I haven't had the opportunity to watch that or listen to it yet. I'm probably going to do that after I'm done recording this. Honestly, uh, it's insane. But I do have to comment on a a bit of breaking news that happened today. Uh, Apparently, Gene Wilder, you might know him as Willy Wonka, or the guy from The Producers, the original one, or Blazing Saddles, or any number of other Mel Brooks movies. Gene Wilder, 83 years old, passes away. Absolutely legendary and iconic actor who, you know, I don't think anything, I don't think he's done anything within a recent time frame, but still, we've lost a lot of celebrities this year. So, I, you know, that that kind of hits hard. I really like Gene Wilder, even, even, even under the guise that he hasn't done anything for the last however many years. Uh, it's just going to be different 
turning on Willy Wonka now or watching Young Frankenstein or something. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be one of those weird things, but passing of a passing of an iconic celebrity, man. It's crazy. Uh, the EpiPen scandal that happened uh, over this past week too. Remember uh, what was the dude, the douchebag? You remember his name? You, do you even know what I'm talking about? I'm probably not giving enough information. Remember a while back the HIV pill guy? You remember him? Ah, uh, yes, Martin Shkreli, the CEO who jacked up prices on an HIV drug. Whom, of course, was arrested. I missed that story. Hmm. I mean, remember he jacked up the price of the HIV pill and then the uh, the company or whatever, the patent went out and then a bunch of companies were selling it for like super duper cheap. But he raised it up and it, it caused an outcry. Well, EpiPen, EpiPen, here we come. This is from CNN Money, penned by Matt Egan. Uh, quote, in the span of just a few weeks, they've gone from little-known players in the vast pharmaceutical industry to the targets of national ridicule over a relentless series of EpiPen price hikes. Since 2009, Mylan has jacked up the price of the life-saving allergy treatment at an incredible 15 times. The list price on a two-pack of EpiPens is $609, up 400% from seven years ago. The national outrage this month, sparked by a social media campaign by parents, has forced Mylan to response by taking the unusual step of launching a generic version of EpiPen at a 50% discount to its current price. Because 50% off $609 is so much cheaper. Among all that was the CEO, EpiPen CEO, making $19 million last year, who is also the, the CEO, is also the daughter of U.S. Senator Joe Manchin. Now, to uh, go in line with this article, an article from Reason, penned by Reason staff, August 29th, lobbyists for EpiPen included former Clinton aides at, or quote, sorry, I'm quoting stuff now, quote, at first the flap over the pricing of EpiPens fits nearly into the familiar framework of out-of-control greed. Pharmaceutical company CEO gets paid nearly $19 million a year while raising the list price of a two-pack of EpiPens to $600 from $100. But the more one gets into it, the more the case of the drug company Mylan and its Washington lobbying fits into some other storylines. Iris Stoll writes, There's one thing about Washington being a revolving door where government officials monetize their government services by going to work afterward in the private sector. And the one about how, quote, both sides do it, end quote, both Republican and Democratic politicians try to shake down these drug companies, and both Republican and Democratic staffers wind up getting paid by them. Senate lobbying records show that Milan spent more than $2 million on Washington lobbying in 2015. In addition... The company's political action committee has distributed distributed, sorry, more than $79,500 in contribution for the 2016 election cycle, according to campaign finance records available at opensecrets.org. If Mylan didn't have to spend so much money on Washington politics, writes Stoll, maybe it could afford to sell the EpiPens for less money. Or maybe if Mylan weren't spending so much money on Washington politics, other companies would have an easier time getting government permission to offer competing products. It's 
big stink going on right now, and uh, rightfully so when something gets jacked up from 100 to $600. I mean, you know, people are going all out trying to figure out how they can afford this life-saving drug, this life-saving uh, tool that, you know, you see children with this all the time, school stocking up on it because they need it on a hand. I mean, it's kind of crazy. But this is also, believe, uh, I believe, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe they're the only ones that make EpiPens, right? They're the only ones that do it, and they're the only ones making their own generic knockoff brand of it, which gives them total control of it, which is, is that's just part of the ridiculousness of, of Monopoly. What else is in the news? There's Anthony Weiner, but I don't really want to talk about Anthony Weiner. I really knew. Not going to even, nope. Not going to touch Anthony's wiener. Not going to do it. So instead I want to go to uh, Gary Johnson, Bill Weld, and uh, poll standings real quick. Uh, because it's it's we're quickly closing in on time where it's either do or die. They're either going to have to make some aggressive pushes to get to that 15% or... Face the music and it's over. Pretty much. Poll report right now, they're at 10.2% nationally. NBC's reporting 10%, CNN 9%, CBS 12%, ABC 8%, Fox News 12%. Among military voters, 39%, young voters, 35%. In Colorado, they're polling at 16%, Utah 16%, New Mexico 16%. So we have, uh, we have some rising numbers. They also are stepping up rallies, which is good. Uh, you can't get your word out if you're not rallying across the nation at different points uh, throughout. Uh, the latest article I have is from WBUR.org. Uh, headline, Libertarian Party Candidates Johnson Weld Campaign on Boston Common. They were in Boston. They were in Boston, Massachusetts, spreading the word of their, quote, libertarianism. And I'm not going to dive into that. That would take this show on way too long if I dived into the, to the petty little arguments. So, they're stepping up their rallies, which is good. It needs to start reflecting in the poll numbers, though. I can't, I can't stress that enough. I happen to know that... Uh, one of the groups that's backing them, Purple Pack, is putting out ads now for them, which is something that I can't recall any time I saw an ad other than a Republican or a Democratic ad on television. So if they start pushing through ads about Gary Johnson, uh, there will be there will be good results, hopefully. But that's that's where we're at right now, and libertarians who are against Gary Johnson. The only thing I can say right now is it's really it's really time to start uh, rethinking the, li- the the libertarian strategy. If you really want to push forward some libertarian ideals, scale back government spending and the size of government, if you really want to make those reductions and those steps in the positive direction, you're not going to get it by having an all or nothing attitude, which is a lot of the libertarians I argue with on Facebook. 
uh, people who have listened to this program, people who question me as a libertarian for supporting Gary Johnson, a lot of the arguments I get into with them are, are the fact that they want all or nothing. And all or nothing is not going to work in changing the practices of the nation. You have to take baby steps. You really you do have to take baby steps. And is, is Gary Johnson your quintessential perfect libertarian candidate? No, but he does push forward some very key libertarian concepts at the end of the day, whether you want to admit it or not. And it's not just the drugs bit. Because I actually... And I don't want to get too much into it. I actually argue against Gary Johnson and him constantly saying drug crime is a victimless crime. And that's only because I've been conducting a research paper right now on prisons and overcrowding and privatization of the prison system, which is a bad idea. And I'll tell you about it in some other episode. I will. I'll share all the information I found with you. But they keep touting drug crime being victimless. And when you break down the statistics, it's not exactly victimless. It's not. It's, it's, that's a blanket statement that is very misrepresentative of the overall scale of things. But that's beside the point. Libertarians who aren't sold on Johnson yet, aren't sold on pulling the lever for him yet, you, you, really, have to, you really have to realize, no, he's not your 100% candidate. But is he your 70% candidate or your 60% candidate against a 30% candidate or a 40% candidate? Because right now, Yes, he always talks about I side with. Don't just don't just take the I side with quiz and go off those results. Really analyze your statistical breakdown. But right now, percentage wise, uh, he leads me by a good chunk before Donald Trump comes up, policy wise, before Hillary Clinton comes up, before the other options come up. He's the one. That aligns with me the most, and I'm putting my vote in him for the simple fact that he does want to reduce government spending, he does want to reduce taxes, he does want an overall reduction of the federal power and scaled back to the states, which I think states manage better, far, far better than the federal government does. So what do you say? Are you in? That's all I have for this week, guys. I know it's short. Uh, I know some of you are terribly heartbroken by the fact that I didn't dri- dri- drivel on for another 20 minutes. Uh, you'll, you'll have to get over it. You'll have to tune in next week. And you can always backlog and check other episodes where I've done ridiculous stuff. Isn't that right, Bernie? Yeah, um, he did lots of episodes uh, with uh, my voice. Uh, he called me up. Uh, I don't know how he got uh, that good of quality uh, through a cell phone. I'm in lots of episodes, and I I talk all about um, democratic socialism. Thanks, Bernie. Great having you on again. I wish I could go more in-depth with this, but I can't. So, I intend to have a rockin' week. I hope you all have a rockin' week, and I'll see you. Well, I won't see you, but you will hear me next week, probably in a similar fashion. All right? Love, peace, and chicken grease.